Okay, welcome back to CBS Sports Radio. I am Vince Quinn here with you, and there's a lot going on in the NBA. I mean, you have trades, free agency, the draft. It's all happening in just a short couple of days. So to help us sort through all of this, Matt Moore, NBA writer for the Action Network. Matt, thanks for hopping on the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, so... First off, I mean, obviously, there's a billion things going on right now. There's just so much stuff to keep track of with the NBA. Out of all of the moves and rumors and drafting and all the things that have gone, like, what, what's something that's really, or if it's a couple of things, what's really stood out to you over the past couple of days here in the league? To me, I think the thing that, that kind of shapes the league most uh, is probably Denver losing Jeremy Grant. Um, he was a crucial defender for them in their run to the Western Conference Finals. Guarded Kawhi Leonard, guarded Paul George, guarded Anthony Davis, guarded LeBron James. And with him gone, they lose a major piece on both offense and defense. Jermichael Green is a good uh, power forward, stretch four. He'll provide some good things. But Jeremy Grant's at another level. And for him to have left, despite having given, been given the same money uh, from Denver and choosing to go to a bigger role in Detroit – Quite shocking. Um, I think you also look at Boston, and obviously losing Gordon Hayward is tough, but they had so many wings last year, and to pick up Tristan Thompson, that's a big win for them because that was their major deficit last year was in the front court. Uh, they got a lot better, honestly, even by losing Hayward. I think that, that that was a big deal. And beyond that, you've seen some small market teams just do baffling things. For Detroit to hand out $85 million to after drafting all those centers and adding all those centers um, for Jeremy Grant and Mason Plumley, really shocking in Charlotte with where they're at in their rebuild going for Gordon Hayward on a, what's going to wind up costing them so much money is really quite shocking. And you have to wonder if those moves are going to pay off for markets that really have to be a little bit more discerning in the decision-making process. Some real leaps made by a few smaller market teams here in the first few days of free agency. Yeah, uh, very confusing stuff for sure. That Detroit thing especially, because like, I'm, uh, for a little background on me, I'm a Philly guy, so to see like Jaleel Okafor and I'll get a two-year deal, it's like, okay, something is really strange in Detroit. So I'm, I'm totally with you there. Now, here's one of the weird things, right? Montrez Harrell goes over from the Clippers to the Lakers, and, and for the Lakers, they've had a lot of movement. Like, How does that change things in the West? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the Lakers definitely upgraded, right? So they were they were using veterans that were kind of at the end of their careers, uh, Rondo and Dwight Howard, and Dwight was you know pivotal versus the Nuggets, but ultimately they didn't need him for a large stretch of it. And to get Harrell, the big problem with Harrell was that he was unplayable because the Clippers played small ball and they had no rim protection around him. Well, the Lakers will have Anthony Davis, and that's pretty much all the rim protection that you need. Like That combination works a lot better, and they can always go to small ball five uh, with Anthony Davis at center if they need to. So Harrell will give them you know, bench production, raw points, versatility offensively, which they needed. That's good. Um, I think that the moves they ultimately made, Schroeder brings a lot to the table. Uh, I think the Lakers got considerably better. It's interesting because – I think the Lakers got better by getting Montrez Harrell. I think the Clippers got better by not only losing Montrez Harrell because he was such a problem versus the Nuggets, but they just got Serge Ibaka as well. And that's a big, I think, upgrade for them at that spot and gives them more versatility. So um, in the Western Conference, you still have to think that the Lakers and Clippers, just like they were last year when the Nuggets shocked everybody, but for the most part, it's going to return to, I think, Lakers 1 and Clippers 2. So we're talking with Matt Moore, an NBA writer for the Action Network. And Matt, let's go to, because looking at this season, it was like, it, it just felt like the Warriors were going to pop back on the scene, right? And for them to have all that time out of the bubble, well-rested, recovered, all that stuff, and then 
Clay Thompson gets injured, and obviously that changes things dramatically. So where do you think the Warriors are now? How do you feel about their window? I mean, they made some some good moves. Kelly Oubre, getting him from OKC, that's a really good upgrade. But that's that's or not upgrade, but that's a really good addition to what they have. It's just you lost Clay Thompson. Like there's just really no coming back from that. Um, they picked up Brad Wanamaker today, a bench player off of the Celtics. He was actually really good in the playoffs. I think that that helps. Um, but the Warriors are still now really thin at depth. Um, Ubre doesn't replace you know Clay shooting his defense. Ubre's a good defender. He's not a great defender like Clay. Ubre's a good shooter. He's not a great shooter like Clay. So ultimately, because they don't have that kind of ability to space the floor, the Warriors are still going to be dangerous, especially with the addition of Wiseman out of the draft. But you can't consider them a serious title contender without Clay Thompson. And how do you think that plays out long term? Like for Clay to have this injury again, these guys are in their thirties. Is the window closed for them? Do they still have another year or two? How do you think it, it looks for them long term? I mean, I can see them having one more run, depending on when he gets back and what he looks like. Like nobody's the same after an Achilles tear. Just nobody is the same after that injury. Uh, Kevin Durant's going to try and and be maybe the first to, to be an All NBA level player after it, but nobody's really the same. And so um, it's easy to say their window's closed. I will say this. I tend to be hesitant just because of how aggressive their front office is and how much their ownership is willing to pay. And they operate in a market that's very attractive to players. So with Draymond Green as a possible trade option, when they have Andrew Wiggins, when they can include Wiseman if they have to, they have a Minnesota pick. They have a lot of options, and most notably, if you want the biggest news out of free agency, Giannis Antetokounmpo hasn't signed his max extension yet, and that has everybody in the league keeping a side eye on Milwaukee. Well, yeah, and can we talk about Milwaukee for a second? Because what a weird week and crazy week it's been for Milwaukee, right? Like, what do you make of everything that went down with them? So, the Drew Holiday trade was a win, right? Like, they gave a bunch of picks, but... You know, <laughs> those picks are never going to be, be as good as Giannis Antetokounmpo is, and you're hoping that getting Drew Holiday keeps Giannis Antetokounmpo. They have what they think in his agreement for, for Bogdan Bogdanovich out of the Kings. The interesting thing here is that it's easy to be like, ha, the Bucks screwed up. But really, really what happened here is that Bogdanovich's agent has done this before twice, where they've agreed to deals and then reneged on them to take bigger offers after they'd already generated an offer. Like, it's really shady agent, <laughs> agent work wow. from, from his agent. And so the Bucks really, I think, <laughs> were damaged by that. The tampering stuff is ridiculous. Like, we just watched the 80 to the Lakers thing play out. Let's be adults about this, guys. <laughs> so it's a little ridiculous. A, t- a couple of tough breaks. I mean, it left them really hamstrung to try and, you know, add – various players they had problems with the pat content deal in terms of what they were allowed to do had to restructure it for longer for more money they got drew holiday and yet it feels like the bucks have lost they're still gonna be a really good team but until Giannis on puts his name on the dotted line of a max extension you can't breathe a sigh of relief if you're a milwaukee fan yeah now they shouldn't and and here's the other thing is for them it's like this desperate tense situation what do you think about oklahoma city who has like five billion first round picks at this point this is always the plan. You know, I think last year he knew that, that the team was going to be good enough to raise Chris Paul's value, and it did. He got a pick out of it after getting a pick to take Chris Paul. It's wild the way it's worked out. Sam Presti, you know, he's dedicated, I think, to what they've decided is the right way to go, which is to tear it all down 
and take as many shots at getting the same kind of trio of stars that they have with Durant, Westbrook, and Harden. And, you know, that's the long-term plan is to go that direction and rebuild the organization clean. They've got some good players, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. I would say don't completely write off the thunder because Shea Gilgis-Alexander and Al Horford, that's a good one-two combination. Now, they don't have much around them, but I think it is interesting to, to look at that team and see what their future looks like. They're going to have the opportunity to take as many shots to build a contender in five years as they want. Yeah, and, and it's going to be fun, and obviously there's been a lot of things, a lot of fun things in the NBA, so I appreciate you taking a couple of minutes. Matt Moore, NBA writer for the Action Network. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me.